You know, first thing I did, I, I went and became a massage therapist. Mm -hmm. Because when I was at Nyack, I always gave massages to a lot. The basketball guys always had like, you know, girls in the room and I would give massages. Like, Yo, you're really good at this and I'll give it for free. And I started charging for it. And I realized like, I can make money doing this. Let me go get certified and do it officially. And, uh, and I did and I started doing that. When I was doing it, I realized, hey, a lot of these people that are coming to me, because I'm already in the fitness game, you know, I can actually pick them up as clients because they started asking me questions about fitness and how mm -hmm. I got fit. And whenever I'm in the gym, people are always asking me like, yo, what's your routine? What's your program like? So I started training people for free. Then I was like, let me go get certified and be official trainer. And that's ultimately how I got into becoming a personal trainer. Dude, we all have the best time ever to start a small business. If I'm not gonna be 100% in, I'm not gonna do it. Come on, man, just be yourself. Yeah, and, like, and just show up as yourself. If you don't realize what I'm really about, I'm about freedom, family, and my country. All right, Jamon. Yes, sir. Cheers, thanks for Cheers. coming, man. Appreciate you, thanks for having me. I had Chinzia and Brian and Tomei and Hoff and all these people saying, you gotta meet this guy, Jamon. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know who he is, tell him to hit me up. But it was just compliment after compliment. Obviously I've seen your gym and, and girls like Chinzia and all them going there all the time. But there's so many different gyms, you don't think anything of it. Uh, obviously you were building something of a, of a great culture and uh, also, the more I learn tonight, your story is extremely unique, man. And it embodies what Fireside America is all about. For, for your viewers who are gonna watch this, who love you, you know, I was a kid who was kicked out of school, eighth grade, sent to an alternative program, and then my junior year of high school, and I don't identify as this guy anymore, but I like to give people a backstory of why this all started. Junior year, fully kicked out. And I grinded my way into finance business, so no one ever really wanted to help me. Because of that path I walked on, I had this passion to turn around and help others mm -hmm. who walk similar paths. So your story is not my story, but it was not easy, right? Born here, moved back to Nigeria until you were 12, come back here, really go through some tough times, which we'll talk about. And now you're franchising your gym and everybody that's working with you is winning. And, uh, and you're a guy that I, I read people pretty well that wants to help. And uh, that's why you're here. Yes, so uh, I appreciate you being here and cheers. Cheers. Appreciate you. So Absolutely. grew up Long Island boy yes, after you sir. came back from Nigeria? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Long Island. Moved back from Nigeria. Um, you know, my story-wise, my mom came to this country with five kids and only $75 in her pocket. You know, she, uh, she left my father, who was a made man in Nigeria. He was like... Top. Like a king, almost. He's a king, yeah. He's big dog, you know. Um, she left all that because she she didn't want. She wanted a life for her own, you know. She didn't want the life that she had with him, and she came here, left all the riches, and she came here with five kids. So ultimately, we were homeless. We had nowhere to stay. So we stayed with our cousins for a little bit um, until she found out one bedroom basement apartment, and uh, me and my five siblings slept in that one bedroom for till I graduated high school. You know? How close knit did that make you all? Dude, we're we're tight. Yeah, yeah, we're 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 tight. Mm -hmm. it, it's it's incredible, you know, when you go through that, and you and you have each other so much, you know. So if anything happens right now, like we're like this, you know. Yeah, you know, you see these people who have a ton of wealth and they have these big houses and they got five kids and 
they're spread throughout spread this 10,000 square yeah. foot mansion and they barely know each other. Mm -hmm. And then you have someone like yourself, who your mom had this courage to leave that culture and yeah. say, I'm gonna go to America where there's freedom. I'm gonna give my kids those ability and opportunities. And you guys came up in a one bedroom basement apartment and you probably all love each other. And you're yeah. obviously, you're a happy guy. There's no like anger in you. Nah. I'm sure you get annoyed at some shit. <laughs> Once in a while. Your wife's watching this, she's like, yeah, right, that's some bullshit. <laughs> Actually, she hates it because I don't get annoyed with shit. I just, <laughs> I was like. She's the one getting annoyed. She's like, she's the one getting annoyed. She's like, I'm so mad at you because why would you not mad? I was like, why would I be mad? Life is great, man. I'm in America, you know, like I'm free. Like I wake up every day, you know, and I'm grateful. You know, um, because, you know, coming here from Nigeria, Nigeria is not a stable country. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's, especially nowadays. Especially nowadays, you know. So knowing, like, coming here, having an opportunity, being able to create what we've created, you know, coming, growing up with nothing and building the business we have now. And it's like, so it's like I've, I've been at the bottom of the yeah. bottom, you know. So to me, it's like everything is great. We're good. I had a call today with somebody, and I won't say who it was, but we were... He was talking about, I want this financial freedom and I, I want this place here and this place there. And, and I love this dude and he's going to obtain all of this. But I backed it down. I said, how much disposable income do you have? And where do you live? Oh, you got the bay in your backyard? I said, and, uh, so your fixed expenses are extra, disposable incomes are Y. I said, dog, you're already financially free, man. Mm -hmm. You ain't living paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. You're not working two jobs. You're not figuring out how you or your kids or your wife are gonna get your next meal. That's true. And a lot of times in America, we're so spoiled. One of the better podcasts we've had over the last five was a gentleman from Pakistan. Mm -hmm. I remember that one. And uh, what, a, what a patriot, right? Yes. He's called Patriot Limousine, Ali. And just to hear his story and his walk of life coming here, and what he appreciates, and now being able to be someone in a position to turn around and help another person, which he picked veterans, mm -hmm. which I think is crazy because his country and the way that they believed it was like anti-American, a lot of them, right? Yeah. And 9-11 happened and then he was being mistreated and you know, he rose above all that to, to love on the beauty of this country. So someone like yourself can sit there and go, there ain't no problems. Yeah. You know, they're made up problems that we're all doing. Yeah. So mother said, I'm out, not living this culture. I'm gonna take my kids here. You guys go to Long Island. Played football in high school. You said they didn't like soccer. Yeah, I mean I'm a, I'm Nigerian, so we're not soccer players, you know. And in high school my cousin was like, yo, can't play soccer, man. Only girls play soccer. You gotta play football. <laughs> <laughs> so I you know, played a little football. I was always a smaller guy. Say that guy. shit to those two guys that have big ass checks in the Yeah, exactly. Ronaldo, what's going on? Right, exactly. Messi? Yeah, Messi and Ronaldo. You know, um, if I knew now, I would have probably stayed with soccer, but you know, I tried football. It was cool, it was fun, but you know, being the smallest guy. You know, it was not fun when you're getting like smashed, smashed. around by the smashed by these big guys, yeah. you know. So, but you know, it was good to just bond with guys and you know and, and do that. But I wasn't really like crazy. Were to, you into the gym back then yet? You know what? I wasn't because in soccer you don't need to get muscles and get big. So when I was playing football, I see all these guys hitting the gyms. And I didn't understand what they were doing. Why are you going in and doing all these weights and all that stuff? I didn't get into working out until I got into college. Mm. 
And here am I in college, and I'm in a dorm with three other guys who Where'd were. You go? Where was your first school? My first school was in Nyack in New York. Nyack, yeah. Um, New York, it's like upstate New York. So cold up there. Yeah, it's cold. Long Island to Nyack. It's cold, bro. You're like, where the fuck am I? It's cold. It's always cloudy. It's never sunny. No, just gray. It's just gray, gray all the time. But my my roommates were all big. They're all big basketball players, like big guys, and they always hit the gym because they play college basketball. So here I am, this little dude, and they're like, they always had girls over, you know, and. And they're like, dude, if you want to hang with us, you got to hit the gym, you know? You look so, frail, bro. Yeah, I was like, dude, you can't, you can't hang with us, bro. So that was the first time like, I really went to the gym. And one of my buddies, Jared, he started working. I started working out with him and training. And in a, over a semester of being out, over like, you know, uh, three, four months, I was able to put on like 15 pounds of muscle just training. Wow. When I picked up those set of dumbbells and I realized I can change the way I look and the way I feel, that's when I fell in love with like working out because I saw my result, the results, and people started being, you know, giving me compliments. When I was crazy, when I went back to Long Island, you know, to uh, um, Huntington Greenlawn, and people haven't seen me in like almost half a year, they're like, "Yo, like, what? What did you do? Where were you?" I was like, "Where was I?" I was like, "I was upstate." And it's funny because in New York, when you say upstate, that means penitentiary, yeah, yeah, like you're locked yeah, up. Yeah. So word started getting around like, yo, Jamal was upstate. He yeah. was like he doing jacked. some prison. He got he jacked. He did some prison yard workouts, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, I was like, so finally I was like, nah, nah, I was in college, man. It's like, but um, I but was that, up in four feet of snow. <laughs> right? Four feet of snow. Hang in the dorm room with chicks and work out during the day. That's it. Um, but that's how I felt. That's when I started working out. I fell in love with fitness and I realized like with a set of dumbbells, I can change my perception of myself and people's perception of me mm -hmm. and that's literally what took off from there yeah, yeah it's a uh it's a special thing you know i'm not some shredded dude but i've worked out for a long time i lost 100 pounds when i was 19 that's what's up. and it's been a battle to keep the weight off um a little bit of my own lack of discipline at times a little bit of just fighting beat up joints and mm. you know injuries and those are not excuses i'll never give up on trying to be a better healthier me but uh it's tough to keep going when you don't see those results. Yeah, absolutely. That, that's the hardest thing. And that's something where Mike and I were talking earlier about being in the suck. Motherfucker, I've been in the suck mm -hmm. for at least five, six years mm -hmm. now. And recently I'm going to start going through some hormone therapy and really trying to lock in that diet more and mm -hmm. more and more. I, I really rarely drink beer anymore. And, there you go. Uh, rarely have carbs you know i love a good thuman's hot dog on a roll <laughs> or a burger on a roll and uh you know i just cut that stuff because that feeling more so mentally for me after mm. i go do a peloton ride mm. or i put in a good lift and then hit the sauna for 25 minutes yeah. it allows me to get into my space where i'm most creative yes this i got this thing trying to attack <laughs> that right needle you know, I, I get into that workflow, that routine. I'm better with my family. I have more yes. patience. Yes. So I, I know what you're talking about. I'm not as shredded as you yet. You get I'm, there. I'm going to get yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's the mental game more so for a lot of people. It's mm -hmm. the confidence that you grew probably, yes. right? That started to attract people to be like, where have you been? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And uh, you obviously embody that. You've embraced it. Mm -hmm. So leave college, hop around a little bit, school wasn't your thing, 
You said you went to like 14 schools. Dude, I went to like 14. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I always tell my friends. Did like, you go from we Nyack to, to Miami? So you, know, I, you know, I said I went from Nyack to SUNY Farmingdale from there. Then I came to Jersey. I went to Rutgers. Um, went to Rutgers, partied like crazy, got kicked out of Rutgers. And then I went to Brookdale to get my grades up. Then I went to OCC. Then I went to uh, um, Keene University. Then I went to Montclair. Then I went to, uh, um, after that, I did an online school. I just literally been, whatever credits, I always tell people, whatever you're studying, whatever credit, I got credits in all. I got pharmacy credits. Yeah. I got credits in biology. I, I, I can credits. lend you some. <laughs> I, I can lend you some. I got credits in that. Whatever you need, I got it, you know. But after a while, I realized that nobody was teaching what I wanted. Yeah. You know. Um, you were interested. Yes, exactly. You I know. know that well. Mm-hmm. So at, at that point, you say, I'm, I'm not going to continue down this college path. I don't want the cookie-cutter job. Mm-hmm. I want to go do my own thing. Mm-hmm. At what point did you start getting into the, the training game? You know, first thing I did, I, I went and became a massage therapist. Mm-hmm. Because when I was at NIAC, I always gave massages to a lot. The basketball guys always had, like, you know, girls in the room and, I'll give massages like, yo, you're really good at this. And I'll give it for free. And I started charging for it. And I realized, like, I can make money doing this. Let me go get certified and do it officially. And, uh, and I did, and I started doing that. When I was doing it, I realized, hey, a lot of these people that are coming to me, because I'm already in the fitness game, you know, I can actually pick them up as clients because they started asking me questions about fitness and how mm-hmm. I got fit. And whenever I'm in the gym... People always asking me, like, yo, what's your routine? What's your program like? So I started training people for free. Then I was like, let me go get certified and be official trainer. And that's ultimately how I got into becoming a personal trainer. You know? See, that, that evolution from the guy that started to lift to giving free massages to then monetizing it to doing free training sessions to then monetize mm-hmm. it, going back to your pops... You know, he was an entrepreneur. Yes. He was, you know, we talked about the mud flaps yes. on the little motorcycles yeah. over there, right? Yeah. That was a huge invention. Huge he invention. made millions of dollars yes, back sir. when. Yep. Right? And then he was importing other stuff from China. Yep. You know, that, that runs in your blood. I'm a big believer of, like, I think anybody can become an entrepreneur if, if they want to, but it's a much harder route if you don't have that natural risk taker in you you don't have that thought process in you right the mindset for it the mindset so you had that mindset if i can monetize massage therapy i can monetize the gym yeah so how long did you do the massage therapy and kind of training on the side i did massage therapy for about three years and then training i bounced around different gyms um but after a while i got to the point where i realized that um when I'm in the gym, I'm still working for somebody, you know? And in a one-on-one training scenario, I can only work with you one-on-one. So I will look around and I'll see this lady on the treadmill for the fifth time, you know, this week. And the other trainer training his client and he's on the phone texting like this. So he's not into it, right? So I feel like she was getting robbed. And then I realized, like, I'll sit with people and they can't afford to pay a lot of money for personal training packages. And so you're the, counting up your hours in a day. And uh, yeah. Like, I'm if like, I can it, only charge X, I ain't going to end up at Y. Exactly. It's like I need to work 10 hours just to make X amount. It's like, what if I can take all these people and put them in a group 
and work one hour and make the money that I was making. So that's when the idea started coming to me to do group training. How long ago was that? I was in 2007, I want to say. 2007. 2010. 2009 was when I came up with the idea. 2010 was when I left the gyms and started my own business. Now, were you looking at other concepts? Was CrossFit out at the time? Or it was newer? It was boot camps was out. Boot camps. Boot camps. CrossFit wasn't out yet. It wasn't like what it is now. So it was more boot camps. So that's when I learned the boot camp model is taking a bunch of people and then going outside and training them on the grass and all mm-hmm. that, going to train in the parks. Different things. Different things, you know. Um, so I was like, you know what? I'm gonna, so I took that model, but I brought it inside ultimately and did group training rather than just boot camps outside. I was like, yeah, I don't wanna be in the outside stepping on dog shit and mm-hmm. you know, if it rains, we can't train. Yep. So I started looking for places that I can rent out to use to train, gymnastics studios, sports performance complexes. You were kind of just subleasing. Just subleasing, just going different spots. I had like, at the time I had like three different places I would train clients, you know, and I'd bring a group to each one, I'd market in each different town and try to get people into those areas. See, that's a nugget, right? I like to give nuggets on the show. Mm. Just a younger person watching. You lack the resources at the time slightly to go buy a place, build out a gym and, mm-hmm. and, and rent it or own it yourself. You didn't lack being resourceful. Mm. Yes, sir. You still had the people, which is most important. Mm-hmm. It, everything out there, people and relationships is everything. Relationship capital is so imperative for any business. Mm. You had those two main things and you cared about the process, the people, and then the product was last, yes. right? That's what I'm hearing from your story. Yes. And then you went and, you know, was robbing Peter to pay Paul, gymnastic, this, that. You eventually built up the, the, the savings mm-hmm. and the, the, the gym membership to go get your own pad. Yes. And a lot of times in business, so many people don't come out the gates because they're like, well, I don't have, I don't have money to buy that ten million dollar warehouse. Well, no <laughs> shit, you don't. Not yet. That's but true. you get good enough, and you got a vision, and you got some hustle, and a little bit of grit. Some guy like me may fund that vision, mm-hmm. and it, it it takes balls. And that's again going back to a little bit of credit of maybe that bloodstream of your sure. dad being that entrepreneurial person, and your mom's courage, who went and got up and took her five kids to America with seventy five dollars, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I just think those things are really cool. It's a, it's a unique part of your story. Fact. So what year was it that you finally got into your own place? In 2011. Um, it, it just turned out that one of the places I was renting space at, I came there and uh, I only had 25 people. And I asked the guy, like, hey, can I use space? Can I, he had 10,000 square foot facility. He's like, yeah, 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 sure, pay me $1,000 a month. I'm like, all right, I got to generate 1000 a month. I wasn't, so I was able to run some promos, be resourceful, right, and got more people in. So now he's watching my business grow. I went from 25 to 50 people to 75 people. So he's like, hmm. He's like, can we talk in my office? We got to renegotiate this because I want 2000 a month. I'm like, it's only been six months, dude. Like, you can't go from 1,000 to 2,000. Like, we, we shook on this. He goes, well, we never signed anything. So in that moment, I was like, I can't pay you 2,000 right now. I'm saving up because at the time, me and my wife, we were 
get married in Jamaica. We were going to Jamaica to get married in, in a month. He's like, yeah, you, you have, if you don't pay me, I will have to kick you out. I'm like, you, you, where am I gonna go? I was like, he's like, you gotta figure it out. So I was like, all right. Actually, Jamaica was a couple of weeks. So I was like, listen, don't kick me out. I'll figure it out. I'll see if I can pay you. So I told him, like, when I come back from Jamaica, I'm gonna pay you. Just let me stay for two more weeks. And um, he's like, all right. So I went to Jamaica. I came back. I was like, yeah, I'm not paying you. So I took all my people. I just left. And we started training outside, training in, in, on the beach. At the time, it was around like May, June, so it was a little bit nicer out. So we started training on the boardwalk on the beach. And um, that was the moment. I was like, I need to find my own space. And that's when I started looking. And I found a spot in Neptune City. And I didn't pick that. We were like, why'd you open a business in Neptune City? Why not Wall Township, where it's more affluent? I was like, it just, it found me. That was the only spot I can find that I could afford at the time. So I went in Neptune City and, you know, 1,800 square feet location. And to this day, it's like the number one, is the mecca of Easy Fit is the number one gym, you know? Still in Neptune. Still in Neptune City, yeah. That's no the first shit. Time. Yeah, yeah. Good for you. Thanks. Well, that's again, like, you were kind of put between a rock and a hard place. Yeah. And so many times in business, people who have side hustles mm. and they haven't yet made it their main hustle, something forces you and you either lean into that fear and that, because that was fearful. That was fear. How am I going to do this? Yep. Where am I going to train these people? I need this money. I just got married. I'm sure your wife wanted to have kids, mm -hmm. right? You needed a place to live. We got to figure it out. Yep. You know, a lot of times when we take that leap of faith, it's major pressure. 100%. Major pressure as a business owner. 100%. And um, we definitely all overthink it. A yes. lot of it is real stress. It is. It is, but we overthink it and we make it worse than it is. So you figured it out, man. Yeah. And that's, that, that's a really, really fucking cool story. Thanks. So you landed in Neptune. How long did you rock out there? Man, in Neptune, in the first year, we saw so much growth. We went from... When I went to Neptune, I came in there with like about 60 people that were training me from the other gym, from the other spot I was renting, we got kicked out from. And again, that says a lot about you. You're over here, you're over there. Yeah. These people following you follow, to the beach. They follow me, yeah. literally following everywhere. Um, and to me, I appreciate it because it showed that they believed in what I did. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? They still do. So they were just following me everywhere that I went. Uh, so when I opened Neptune, within a year, we just, the numbers, when we went from 60 to like 150 members in less than a year. Wow. Yeah, and um, and we did a lot of fundraising for the fire department, for police department, mm -hmm. you know, get good in with the get community. Get in the community. Yes, exactly. And um, people loved that, and so we are giving back, so they wanted to be a part of. Can I stop and ask you something there? Yes. So being in Nigeria for 12 years, still understanding what's going on there, back then as well as now. Yeah. Was that really important to you as somebody who came over to America and said, I'm a free person who could start a business, and I'm sure I know nowadays the police and the military is corrupt over in Nigeria. Not that it isn't here in America, but <laughs> not all police yeah. officers definitely are yeah. not, and, and your local municipality is not. You can be this guy that came from Nigeria, 12 years old, broke living in the basement with your five siblings and your mother trying to make it work, walking, and your mom walked three miles every day, you told me, yep. to the bus stop. That gave you that drive, that fuel, to now I'm the guy sitting here helping raise money for the local fire department yep. and police and, yeah. and booster club or whatever it may have been. Yeah. 
That was probably a really surreal feeling for you. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, absolutely, it was. You know, growing up, um, having nothing, right? I remember Thanksgiving, we couldn't afford to go cook the big Thanksgiving food. So we used to rely on like the Salvation Army um, for Christmas presents. Mm-hmm. My mom couldn't afford, she has five kids. You can't afford presents for all yep. five kids. So we used to look forward to, you know, boxes from the Salvation Army, boxes from the church. Um, so, you know, donations, you know? So I always appreciated people who gave because because of people who gave, we were able to have, have something. Have something. You know, um, I remember mac and cheese during Thanksgiving, that, the Kraft mac and cheese that came from a box from the Salvation like Army. A bonus. And I'm like, man, this is gold, you know? So to this day, every Thanksgiving, we run a big food drive, you know, for kids, you know, families who, who don't have, you know? And I'm big on that. We do toys for toys, we do drives, because those organizations, those foundations, were able to help us, you know, help me growing up as a kid. So I'm so eager and excited to give back to help other people, you know? Listen, dude, I don't bullshit ever. I'm in for whatever you're doing for Thanksgiving and for Christmas. I got you. I'm I appreciate in. you. I'm in. I'll write a check. You. I'll show up. I'll, I'll point eyes to it. Yeah. You know, like, because I, I, I grew up here in America. I didn't come up with a lot, but I was still here. I had food, obviously. And, you know, I, I had a roof over my head. You remember what that felt like mm. when someone showed up with that box of food mm. on the holidays. Oh, yeah. And that's what gives you your altruistic, your empathetic heart. Mm. And uh, it, it's really mostly why you have succeeded. I'm sure you're aware of that. It's not so much that you're, you're shredded and obviously good at training. <laughs> but it, it, it's, it's that, that heart, that wanting to give back. People, people love that shit, yeah. man. Yeah, they call it the B Corps, right? Mm, the companies mm. like Patagonia and these yes. people who are after a bigger mission besides yes. greed and greed. money. Yeah. That's yeah. cool. Thank you. So when did you launch the second place? Man, within, uh, dude, I opened the first place in 2011. By 2012, we were ready to go. I was like, let's I got too much cash. Yeah, I got, literally, I was like, yo, let's go. Let's open the second place. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know. That's and, all right. That's yeah, it's, it's like, hey, you know, I hit up my friend, uh, Corey McGregor. I was like, yo, dude, I'm trying to open a second gym. Are you in? He goes, yeah, sure. So I like, he goes, where? I'm like, I don't know. Where Where do you want to open? He goes, well, I used to live in Brick, so if we open the Brick, we can grow. I was like. You mean Sanchez? Sanchez. <laughs> Sanchez. <laughs> Corey, I know That's, about Sanchez. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now Corey, I know. Yeah, now he knows. That's Curry's alter ego. <laughs> Put Sanchez in the box. Even. And you guys knew each other from Workout World. Yeah. yeah. Did you know Donna Orlett by any chance? Donna. She worked the front desk there for years. I probably, if I saw her, I would know. A face. good buddy of mine, actually, which I, why I have this tattoo, died in a tragic motorcycle oh, accident here. when we were younger. Yeah. And his mom ran the front desk at Workout World back in the day. My buddy okay. Don Salafia worked there. Okay, okay. You know, Workout World was the shit. That was, was a, that was like a state-of-the-art facility Dude, around here. Yes. I mean, it's yes. still massive. It's now you have Catone over there. Yeah. It's a big place. Yeah. 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 So you met Corey there, yeah. built some rapport. You said, hey, man, you're a good trainer. You have some relationships. Yeah, yeah. Let's open up and brick. And that's the brick facility you still have? You still have, yeah. Yeah. Still oh, there. shit. It's like, yeah, let's go. And uh, I hit up one of my friends who's my partner there now, Hafiz. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. Hafiz. 
And I was like, okay, because he How did he do in that boxing match? Did he win? He, he won, yeah. Yeah, the dude had no chance. Celebrate the box. This dude was running in circles. Like, he's like, don't hurt me. Half is like, just, half is taking it easier here. He was like, you know, half is like, I trained. It's like, come on, man. Like, I, you know. This yeah, is he, was dead ass. He, he was dead ass. Seriously. Yeah. After all this shit, the guy was talking, he like ran away from half, you know. But, um, but yeah, because our program requires um, strength training, lifting, and boxing. So I needed a boxing coach. So I reached out to Half at the time. I knew he is was. Is it all based around tr- strength and boxing? Strength and boxing. So every gym is that has. Yes. That. Yes. Have you hooked up with any of the CKO guys? No, because they do kickboxing. Yeah. So it's different. We do like real boxing. Yeah. You know, not kickboxing. So, um, but yeah, yeah. So yeah. So and then we 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 uh, I linked up Corey and Half. You know, and uh, we opened the uh, the brick gym. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. What year was that? Do you remember? That was 2012. Oh, yeah, shit. Yeah, September, September 2012. Yeah, and this is, again, another nugget. So people who don't understand the next move, you don't have to understand the next move. You fail forward. Yes. You had no idea what you <laughs> had were no doing. had no idea what to get into. But if you look back now, you've, you've designed plans and yes. footprints and, mm-hmm. and literally the proven process Facts. to go make your gym and your model work. We're going to dive into the marketing and how you create lists and all that. Yeah after we come back from the break. Okay. But that courage that you probably got from your mom to take that leap of faith into something you didn't know has helped you blossom into what you have today. And once we come back from the break, we'll get into that a little bit more. Sounds good. We're taking a quick break in the podcast to talk about the Pit 2.0. If you don't know what that is, that is a large network. I built a digital infrastructure, a digital network made up of all different types of industries and individuals that range from doctors, down to contractors, from finance people to somebody who can help you out with your technology and building an app. If you want more information, check out the links below. So jumping back in, you really started to create strategy around what you wanted to build. You launched this second store in brick. You kind of had a formula. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah. And you still kind of rock with that today. Yeah. Yeah, just understanding one is the marketing, right? How to get people in the doors. And um, and second is- Asses in the seat. Asses in the seat, you know? And uh, second is just understanding that in order to grow, you gotta have the right team. You gotta mm-hmm. have the right people on the bus. And a lot of businesses, they go in and they're not willing to bring people on and give enough trust for them yeah, to- Give up the control. Give Yes, you know? And so it's giving up control, trusting people, giving them the right training to be able to perform at the highest level and help them ultimately level up in their lives, you know? And it's something that I had to learn over time because I'm not perfect, nobody's perfect. Yeah. And, um, and It's hard to let go of your baby too. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Even like now with, like with my gyms, you know, I can sit there and I can nitpick every trainer. I'm like, you're doing this wrong, you're doing that They're wrong. They're not you. They're not me, you know? So I gotta see, okay, listen, this is where you excel at. Mm-hmm. Let's put you in this seat. Let's put you in this. So finding the right people, putting them in the right seats and giving them and empowering them to be operate at the highest level and you'll be able to Have create. Have you ever heard of EOS? Yes. Traction, ever, the, the yeah. traction. I yeah. love that. Have yeah. you ever implemented it? We're actually looking to implement. I read that book a year ago. I've read it twice. And um, this year, actually, we just talked about it in our team meeting. Like, yo, we got to implement EOS. So I have a guy in the pit. 
Oh. Uh, his name's Ryan Chenarina. He's he's working with my team. Nice. So I, like my shit's complex, man, because yeah. I have like revenue from this. Yeah. The pit itself, one-on-one coaching, the yeah. finance business. I just bought this credit card processing nice. business. Nice. Patriots payments. So it's it's, you know, it's complex. And yeah. I'm a vision guy. I'm a solution guy. I'm a I'm a deal closer. Yeah. I'm a deal maker. Yeah. Right. So I brought on Mike Daniele and my guy Matt, and my partners at the firm have a whole staff that do a lot for me, and they're wonderful. Yeah. But I'm not an organization mm. guy. Like, yeah. I really couldn't even tell you what's in my bank account right now. <laughs> I, have like a, I, I know approximately how much I have in there, and that sounds funny coming from a finance guy. Yeah. Right? I can tell you how to, like, legally take care of some taxes. I can show you how to, like, position yourself and force some savings. But, you know, I'm not a spreadsheet guy. Yeah. And the spreadsheet guy doesn't succeed without me either. So mm. there's got to be a married partnership. 100%. And Ryan brought in EOS to me. And, dude, it's been a game changer. Mm. Because you talk about right person, right seat, mm -hmm. and all of that, and bringing it down to the ground, mm -hmm. delegate, elevate. Like, those aren't just catchy phrases. They have the secret sauce behind. I love that. Like, they're like, hey, what do you think about, like, Tom Brady, this person, this person, and this person? And, like, you get a list of 20 people. They're like, all right, we're going to break this down to six, what means to your business. And you're like, fuck, dude. Like, it really makes you critically think about your business. Um, I, I could connect you with Ryan. Dude, you no have pressure. to. You have to. And you love him. He's great, dude. Listen, I believe everything happens for a reason. And I've known about EOS, we think about implant. This is confirmation right here. Yeah. Right? It's like I've never really sat with you. We've connected on social media, but now we're talking and you're saying something that has been on my mind. Yeah, it's fine. And that right? you have the connection. And that's the thing with the network, right? You know, my mentor would say your network creates your network, right? Yep. So now it's like connecting through you, I can finally, you know, be able to implement EOS. So I love that. That's dope. Dude, it is like. You know, especially as you scale to and everything yeah. that you're doing. And I'm not giving you any advice, dude. You're, you're, you're fucking killing it. You don't need my advice. You're going to all these masterminds with guys like Wes who are killing it in the yeah. fitness game. Crazy Wes. <laughs> and, and all these other people you've worked with in these high-end masterminds. And EOS, it, I, I just, I can't explain it, dude. Yeah. It's just, and I hate it, actually. Yeah, yeah. I actually hate it. Like, we go through the sessions, they call them. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, I got ADHD. <laughs> yeah. I need to go to the bathroom. Can I go to the bathroom? <laughs> but it's, 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 it's so intentional, and it's so thought out. Um, as you scale, dude, it, it would just yeah. really help you. I love that. I love yeah. hearing that. You'll love it's it. awesome. I got me off track. I got us off track. <laughs> but we're on track. So you... Launched these next, was it two more gyms after that? Uh, so, yeah, so we did Brick. Then um, we opened Howell five years ago. So pretty much like seven years, six years later, we opened the Howell gym. Um, and then once we did that, we... we Is that place still open as well, right? Yeah, Howell's still open. Howell's crushing. I'm opening with my partner, John Lazo. Mm -hmm. And um, once we did that, we were like, all right, so do we continue doing more corporate gyms? Or do we franchise? Mm -hmm. And it was like a, a literally a, a crossroad that we were at, and we had to make a decision in in which we were going. We went with the franchising route. You know? Now, what 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 went into you making that decision? You know, with franchising, I wanted to give people an opportunity to create success for themselves. Money and freedom. Money, freedom, freedom, time, freedom, money, freedom. Fulfillment. There's a lot of people who, even clients that I have right now, that are like, dude, what you did for me 
how you transform my lives. I want to do it for others. Yeah, I want to. I want to pass it on. I want to pass it on. They've, they've bought in. They've and bought, people yeah. would say they're, they're, they're drinking the Kool-Aid, but when the Kool-Aid tastes real fucking good. It's really fucking good. Yeah. You're, yeah. You're, you're everybody's, yeah. 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 I want to pass this Kool-Aid on to yeah. somebody else to fucking monetize it. 100%. You know, and that's what we did, and we went that route, and uh, and it's going good. The first franchisee, we just we opened three weeks ago. The first gym, no shit. Congrats. Yeah, yeah. It's, thanks. Congrats, <laughs> Appreciate man. you. Where is that located? It's in West Long Branch. Oh no shit. Yeah. Dude. Where at? Yeah, it's um, on 36. It's in the Shoprite Plaza. You going through? You turn left. It's across from the Porsche dealership. Over there, you pass the DMV. Yep, yeah, right yeah, yeah. That's so sweet. right in there, so three weeks. And uh, she's a member. She was with me when we were in that sports performance complex. So she's been with me for 11, 12 years. Again, that's a testament to you, man. It really Appreciate is. You're that. a special guy. Whether you, like, fully embrace that, we have imposter syndrome all yeah, the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, you could be, like, a really, really good, you know, politician and like fake, <laughs> faking this whole interaction <laughs> I, I don't think you're that good i'm pretty good street kid uh you're you're you embrace that that love that that thought process that you have that obviously people of this long are staying with you yeah and now investing in investing, you and in themselves yeah. it means a lot you know to have that believe in the product believe in me believe uh even like she was the first she's like hey her name is nicole she's like I want to be the first because I've been with you for so long. I've been waiting just because I've been waiting for this opportunity for a long time and I thought it would never happen. And the moment I see you franchise, I told my husband, I want to buy in. I want to own an easy fit because I want to do to others what Jamon have been able to do to me in my life. And mm -hmm. she's crushing it right now. She's transforming lives, fulfillment. She's like, this is purpose, man. Purpose. You know, it's like she's been called now to do something greater. And she's changing lives. I'm watching, going through her, the Instagram feed and seeing just all the lives she's impacting over there in just three weeks. You know? Dude, I, I told you earlier, not on camera, and I've said this on camera many times, like I was in the finance game. I could have kept climbing up the ladder to district manager mm. and potentially being a GA and owning the firm one day. And I own WCC. It's a DBA, but I still clear through the big boys, mm -hmm. broker dealers, insurance carriers. And it's a great life. It's provided me everything that I have, and I'm so thankful and truthfully grateful to it. But it's also provided me the ability to go chase my passion mm. and to feel more fulfilled of turning around and helping the next guy or gal in line become a business owner. Yeah. Have someone like you on to tell your story. Like, dude, I mean, think about how many young men in Nigeria that are coming over to America to get out of that craziness, yeah. right? We, we talked earlier about, you know, the Boca Raton, yeah. Boca Baran, or whatever. Yeah, Boca Raton, yeah. yeah, like, dude, like, that's some crazy shit. And now, it, dude, here's this dude, Jamond, right? Like, if I was you, I'd be targeting ads over there, right? If they even have social media. Yeah. And yeah. it's a special thing. And it's also for the guy or girl who didn't walk your path. Yeah. They're like, if Jamond can do it, from his path, mm -hmm. because you're getting out here and telling your story, mm -hmm. like you're doing tonight, being vulnerable and mm -hmm. opening up about your family and everything you've been through, like, dude, you, you're gonna inspire a lot. You already have, but you're gonna continue to inspire a lot of people. I wanna talk a little bit more about your franchising fee and what that looks like, and you know, we'll kind of bounce it back and forth of comparing it to other opportunities that are out there. Oh yeah, absolutely. The franchise fee is only 35K. 
It's cheap. It's cheap. That's very inexpensive. It's cheap. <laughs> inexpensive. It's very inexpensive Compared to start a to, business. Oh, yeah. You know, and that's what I always tell people. Um, because here's the thing. People are always afraid of the unknown, right? So people, it's crazy. Entrepreneurship is the true way of freedom. Mm-hmm. Is the true way you know this. It's really it's like, almost the only it's way. It's the only way. You know, and to when people aren't willing to become an entrepreneur because they're afraid, and three things they're afraid. One is, is the belief, right? They don't believe they have what it takes, mm-hmm. right? So they have to switch their mindset from an employee mindset into a business mindset, right? And it's a lot of growth that has to happen for them, right? But then the second thing, people always like, oh, I can't afford it. It's too expensive. I can never own a business. It's too expensive. Yeah, they automatically think a million bucks. A million bucks. Yeah, it just goes in their head. It's a million. I don't know why all, that's the number. Yes, but. it's always a million yeah. bucks. It's like, oh, it's a million. It must be a million dollars. And if you only made 100 grand or 50 grand your whole life, a million dollars seems like life. Lifetime away. Yeah. You know? But 35K. And the thing about money is that, I don't know if you follow Grand Cardone, but it was like, who's got my money, right? I always say, your money, the money's out there. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of, you're in finance, a lot of lenders, there's a lot of people, if you don't have the money, people are willing. Creative finance, Creative, man. Yeah. You I'm going to build a steel pool barn with someone else's money because I'm going to build something unique that the bank's not going to love. And yeah. I ain't going to take a liquidity out of my pocket. See that? Exactly. You know, and, and it, but I have a vision to pitch to somebody. Yeah. But not only do you have a vision, you have a proven track record. Yes. And you also have sat there with the right franchise companies. For those of the people out there, not to talk for you, but like you have to go get some proper documentation. Mm. And they got to go and sit with Jaman and sit there and say, why are you different? Yes. And you got to go write out verbatim yes. exactly what you have done yep. to be this successful. Yeah. Like, you're being handed a booklet yes. that if you're just willing to take a little bit of action and a little bit of a bet slip on yourself, yes. you can win. You can win. Quickly. It's, it's like, and I am literally, it's my duty to make sure they win. You know, and that's the thing. That's well, the, it, it's, it's incentive for, you know, yeah. really, it's a win-win. If they're not making money, you ain't making money. I ain't making money. Yeah. You know, so it's so that's the difference between buying into a franchise and starting a business. Right? So some people, if somebody asks me, hey, should, should I go start a fitness business? I'm going to tell them, no, buy an easy fit franchise mm-hmm. because I have figured it out. Mm-hmm. I know I will save you a lot I'm of time. I'm shortening learning curve. Exactly. You're collapsing time. Why go try to reinvent the wheel if it's already been invented and here's the blueprint, mm-hmm. here's the manual, here's the operation, but like, now let's implement this. And your build-out costs are fairly... Inexpensive, inexpensive versus, and I love the Jersey Mike's model. I love Bubba Coos and Paul. He's been very good to me. I had him on the podcast. Nice. You know, my boy Keaton, you know, you, we've talked about Keaton earlier. Yeah. He bought into the Dirty Dough, mm-hmm. their franchise. A lot of these franchises, they're not wrong, and they do they do make money, but yeah. they are 300, 350 grand Easy. to build out on to top be- of your franchise fee. Yeah. Talk a little bit about your build-out costs, yeah, approximately. Build, approximately 150. Yeah, right. Which is not bad at all. Because even if you look at the fitness, so if somebody wants to buy into a fitness and they're looking at other fitness, because I've had people do that, like, oh, I'm looking at F45 or Orange Theory. You go into Orange Theory, you're looking at like a build-out cost of like 300, yeah. easily, almost 400. Uh, so with us, it's like, and our build-out is so low, so you will profit a lot faster. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's literally You're not like, dragging that cost. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's. What's it's, your it's what's your move? 
to market it? Like, what are you guys doing to market it? What makes you different? Something you said earlier, which I have done in my, what I call ecosystem is, yeah. I want to drive the eyes and then move them to yeah. wherever I have a vertical that I can take you through a virtual cash register. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, whether it be credit card processing, financial services business, compliance, I didn't say that, you know, or coaching or the group coaching slash networking group, the paid pit. Yeah. I want you to come through one of those four or five doors. Yeah. And, you know, cash out. Yeah. In your world, you're actually sitting there and you're buying a list. And for people who don't understand how you perfect ads, it takes a lot of time. Trial and error is crazy. Yeah. You're not going to go figure out what Jamon and his team did to go drive those assets in the seat. But you're almost guaranteeing a franchise owner approximately 100 people that are coming through this marketing plan that you have. Talk a little bit about that for somebody who may be out there and say, hey, I want a gym. Yeah. So it's pretty, the whole idea is to get their the brand out there, right? To whatever town that we're going to open in is to make everybody aware that, okay, this franchise, this gym, Easy Fit is coming to Freehold, Easy Fit is coming to Point Pleasant. So we start a campaign and we just start building a list, right? We want to build a list of a thousand people. And you know it works because you've oh, yeah. done the, the trial and error online. Yeah, it's, it's Exactly. It's We've pain. done it for all our gyms, right? So we know how to build a list um, with different offers. And then from there, we want to build a list of a thousand. And we know that in a list of a thousand, we can get 10% of those people in as members before the doors even open. So we have different programs we're going to run. We run different orientations. We get people in the room. And we ultimately close them on a program that is going to pretty much get them results. People don't buy membership, they buy results. Mm -hmm. So if you can guarantee results to the people who are coming in, there's no reason for them to not want to do the program. Mm -hmm. So with that said, now with every franchisee that wants to come in, we know what we do. We know our product really well. So we know that if we go into a market that we can capture that market, we can capture a list of a thousand and we'll get a hundred people into this program that we're guaranteeing the results that we're gonna get them, which guarantees that you're gonna have these 100 members with your doors opening. And what we do is, if we expand the marketing budget that you pay, and we don't get you those 100 members, we will pay the marketing for you mm. till we get there. So it's almost like a, you can't lose. Yeah, It's a win-win, you know, because that's how much we are confident in what we do that we can get you hitting the ground running. What are some of the big, high-level marketing things that you're doing? So, like, obviously, social media is a huge one. It's probably the number one marketing thing yeah. nowadays. Personal brands, you have a great personal brand. You have 30,000 followers. <laughs> it's easy to like you. Yeah. I think you can even go bigger, man. Yeah, I appreciate uh, you. Yeah, I really do. I want you to come back for Rob Bailey's podcast oh, next week too. if you can. Um, but what is, like, your next plan? So let's just talk about... 50 easy fits fitnesses out there and and for those of you who don't know i thought easy fitness it's easy <laughs> fitness it's you know, easy that's actually the first three letters of his last name yeah so yeah. for those of you who don't know i thought that's a little fun fact <laughs> like is there a billboard campaign in mind like what are some other you know next steps that you're taking yep. to shed more eyes you know and light on the to plan 100 percent. so with thinking of billboards i'm actually looking to start a podcast where the goal is to ultimately talk about business, where to become a, become an entrepreneur, going from an employee mindset to a business mindset, 
right? And empowering people to take that leap. And through the podcast, the the, the goal is to give people everything they need to make a decision to want to buy in, right? To empower them. So that's one avenue. Um, and that's organic. That's organic. Second is just Facebook, going crazy on Facebook. That always works. But my, it's crazy. My social media, every time I make a post that we, that we're looking, you know, we're franchising in this territory, I get people that hit me up right away that, oh, I would love to buy into the franchise and have a conversation. So it's crazy the power of social media now. Oh, so big. It's like, it's literally huge. So organically. It's changed my life. Yeah. It really has, man. Yeah. And I, I feel like I'm just at the like beginning takeoff phase. Yeah. And literally, it's it's a game changer. So with it organically, let's talk about that real quick. I'm gonna yes. cut you off. Why are so many people afraid to put themselves out there? Judgment. Yeah. Judgment. They don't want people to judge them. They don't. They they're afraid that people won't like them because they want to be liked by everybody. The human the human mentality is is a herd mentality. Yes. Really is herd mentality. Sheep call it whatever you want to call it. You know, we're all afraid to speak out against mm-hmm. the grain or do something against yes. the grain. Yes. Putting yourself out there on social media and saying, hey, I'm a gym guru or I'm a podcast guru or I'm a business guru. You know, you're, you're putting yourself out there for yep. a lot of hate yep. quick, right? Yep. But leaning into that fear and that, like, right now, you are the guy operating on a beeper when the cell phone has been out for five years, yeah. if you're not playing if you're not playing this. It baffles me when people aren't playing, are still operating on the beeper, you know, and they're not willing to get with the times and, and grow because they're, again, they're afraid of to be judged, they're afraid people might not like them, what people might say about them, so they stay in this bubble, not realizing their true potential of greatness if they're only able to just unleash who they Let's go back really to Wes Watson. Yes. So Wes Watson started posting while he was in jail. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't want to say for a fact, and Wes, we, we met briefly at Keaton's event, so forgive me if you see this, but I'm pretty sure Wes went to jail for some serious crimes. Mm-hmm. You know, he grew up, you know, not an easy life. And while he was in there, he started thinking and reading books and being entrepreneurial, and, uh, and he was posting black and white pictures. Mm-hmm. And he said, the first picture when I'm out of jail, I'm going to post some color picture. Um, for what I remember in his speech. And uh, that motherfucker's crazy. Crazy. And he's telling you what he went through and the crimes that he did and yeah. how he thinks. But guess what? That guy has a lot of people who are judging him. Mm-hmm. But he's got a lot of people who are learning Look, from his yes. message. Yes. And deep down, you know, because again, he, people are either going to judge you, they're going to, here's the thing, you have to be polarizing. Yep. People either have to love you or hate you. Mm-hmm. If you try to play the gray, the middle, yeah. you don't you don't you attract just fit in. you just feel yep. you try You're to not fit a disruptor. In. Yes, you gotta disrupt. So he's disrupting. He's like, I don't care if you don't like me. I know that I have a message for somebody out there. Mm-hmm. So he might say something to say ten people hear it. Five might be like, Oh, you are crazy, like I'm never gonna listen to you, right? And then two might be like, All right, whatever. And then you get that few that might say, Hey, you're talking to me. You're yeah, talking to something me. Something resonated. It resonated, and they'll follow him, and they'll buy it. He's successful. He is successful because he has a message, and I've listened to his message, and I've had somebody else listen to the message. You've like, been I, in a close mastermind I, with him. I've been in a mastermind with him. You know, 12 guys, he's in the room, and he's just going off. 
And literally people in the room were getting offended. Mm -hmm. I can't believe him. He said this about that. Yeah. But I listen to the message. And I listen to the message. And I see that he's speaking from the heart. From the heart. So he's not malicious to try to hurt people. He's just yeah. telling the truth. Yeah, if you're offended, people. it's your fault. Not exactly. Mine. If I'm malicious, then it's my fault. Yes. So he, when, he, when people are triggered by certain things, it's because there's some truth to it. So and that's why he says, like, if you're triggered by this, that means I'm telling you the truth that nobody is willing to tell you. But mm. I'm willing to tell. I'm willing to be the bad guy. Yeah. So I do that, that a way, lot for people. I can, yes. Wes would definitely tell me I'm fat, but Wes, I mean, I ain't doing your fucking burpees. I seen, <laughs> I seen your fucking camp that you ran at your house. I'm out, dog. <laughs> Listen, like, being truthful is so hard. And then, like, as an individual who, you know, like, I really lived my life, like, like, I was, I grew up in a religious household. Yeah, you have like a, a like a moral and ethic that's built mm -hmm. up in you, right? Like, 100%. like I love my wife. Do I love women? Of course, right? Any guy that sits there and says like I don't look at another woman when I'm married, like you're you're lying, right? But what's in me, what's built into my core and my system internally, I would never cheat on my wife, yeah. right? And and like these are things, but we are imperfect as younger people as we're growing and maturing. And I think a lot of people are worried about like that thing they did in the past and someone coming out and saying shit about you, like, who fucking cares? Yeah. And I told you earlier, I was a guy who was managing, you know, a decent amount of money under management and working with some very sophisticated business owners. And I came out once I started doing local mentorship program and owning the fact that I got kicked out of high school. Right? And that was something I hid forever. Ever. Yep. Forever. So not one client and this is, this is a testament to my clients and what I've done for them, I feel, right? Not one client has ever said anything about it. Mm. They've said, Ryan, your podcast is awesome. Yeah. Ryan, what you're doing is inspiring. Ryan, that's amazing. Yeah. So lean into those fears of like, everybody fucked up. Yeah. From the, the worst egregious crimes and figure their lives out to stupid shit that we make out in our head that we think is bad and yeah. it's nothing. Yeah. Good. Like, you know what goes on over in Nigeria, yeah. right? You talk about you know, egregious things that yeah. go on around the world. Yeah. Like what we did as a kid, you know, is nothing compared to what goes on out there in the world. Yeah. And like, just, just go with it. Yeah. You know, some people bring that shit up. Who fucking cares? Yeah. It's like the crab in the bucket. You know, like I'm, I'm, I'm past you over at block. Yeah, yeah. See you later. Yeah. Um, social media is an extremely powerful tool. Yes, there are people on there that just show their ass and they, they just <laughs> yeah. like the ass pictures That's or it. they just put their, their pickup trucks on there or whatever the fuck they want to do. The Lambos. Yeah, the Lambos. <laughs> They're free. Whatever they want to do, right? That's cool. But then there's people that use it as a tool and I use it as a tool. Mm -hmm. And it's made me a lot of money and you're using it as a tool. Yep. And it helps you impact people. Quickly. Quickly. You know, and I feel like everybody has a story. Everybody's story, it's somebody else can be somebody's survival guy. Yep. Right? If they're willing to tell it. Yep. And some people are so afraid of judgment of the they have that fear, so they're not telling their story. So this other person can't survive because of that story. It's it's crazy. It's so scary, man. It's, yeah. Like I remember for years like being a finance guy and I was battling taxes and the IRS and the IRS, I'm like, I just paid you 30 grand. They're like, you owe another 15. I'm like, Ugh. oh, fuck, I got to go on a payment plan. Yeah. And then I got into the groove of figuring out, like, oh, I can go on a payment plan. Mm -hmm. I can leverage them as my bank. And just things you start to, like, realize, like, well, that business owner's doing that. And that person's doing it. And uh, 
it's just it's a really powerful tool if you're willing to be honest. Yes. 100%. If you're fake, then it will come to haunt you. Oh yeah. Yeah, people will read right through that. Yeah. They'll eventually read right through that. You know, when I came out I said I wanted to be a coach. I didn't need to be, you know, Tony Robbins who was making, you know, a hundred million a year. I was Ryan Robbins. Mm -hmm. Right? And Ryan Robbins was was making close to seven figures, wasn't mm -hmm. there yet. But if I just made three hundred, five hundred, six fifty a few years ago, I could definitely turn around to the kid making eighty and teach him how to make That's one one fifty quick. That's it. Because yeah. I have a relatability factor. I was yeah. just there a few years ago. Yeah. Um, I got to take a break because I didn't pee on the break. And now yeah. I really got to take We'll hop back in. We're taking a quick break in the podcast to talk about the Pit 2.0. If you don't know what that is, that is a large network. I built a digital infrastructure, a digital network made up of all different types of industries and individuals that range from doctors down to contractors, from finance people to somebody who can help you out with your technology and building an app. If you want more information, check out the links below. I need to take a quick bathroom break again. <laughs> so we're jumping around a lot. I'm gonna kinda move us on to the next topic, next chapter of the podcast. So many times, and I, I, you know, you're wearing a necklace right now with a yep. picture of your family on it. Yeah. You have a beautiful family, man. Thanks. Um, I think America embodies everybody. It was an experiment, experiment and an experience that a lot of people were willing to go through and figure out, and it's imperfect. It's been imperfect for a long time. Your wife is from Japan, you're mm -hmm. from Nigeria. Yeah. You guys have Americanized kids, yeah. right? Yeah. They're born here, they're spoiled. Yeah. You guys have been working hard. <laughs> yeah. But your wife, she's, your family's beautiful, dude. I appreciate you. Um, Kiko? Kiko. Am I saying it correct? Yes, sir. She was born in Japan, right? Yep. About how old was she when she came over? She was about, I think, nine. Right, she was young. Yeah, she was nine. So between six to nine, she came and over And where did here. she move? New York as well? She or? was in uh, um, Jersey, New Jersey, Bergen County. Nice. Yeah. yeah. And was her family business owner? Yeah, her dad was like a CEO of a big like financial company. Mm -hmm. Um so in Bergen County, she lived in Upper Side of the River. So you know, she grew up like with Living a certain good. lifestyle, yeah. right? That that she was that she loved. Her dad was you know, pretty doing really good, and uh, and we met in college. And when I went to Rutgers, that's when we met. That's how you met her. Yeah, yeah. Business ownership, like you have to be on the same page with your spouse. Yeah, like hundred percent. Business ownership is not easy. Hundred percent. You have freedom, but it also is twenty four seven. Yeah. Um, your wife is obviously very involved in your business. Yeah. She's a big role. What does she help the Easy Fitnesses and you do? Man, she is the decision maker ultimately. She's like, you know, I'm the head of the business. She's the neck, right? She yep. controls where my head goes. But uh, mm -hmm. um, she, she's a CFO um, at the same time, though. She pretty much keeps me, she keeps me from making the wrong decisions, right? Mm -hmm. So any idea I have, I'm always running by her thinking, how, you know, asking her what she thinks about it. Women have a different insight than men. Mm -hmm. See, we're just like ready, fire, aim, right? We just mm -hmm. go, we attack, we get ideas, we push through. Um, we're really willing to take risks. 
I'm a risk taker. Like, it's like, let's go bring it on. Like, I thrive on the chaos. I'm, I'm just, all in. I'm all in. I'm always, yeah, I'm always yeah, all in. It's same. like, let's go. And she's, she's always like, hold up, yeah. pump the brakes. Intuition. The, intuition. How much is that going to cost? Was the ender? Like, literally, if we're going to run a play, I come home like, babe, I got this marketing idea. Let's run this play. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. She's like, wait, hold on a second. Let's break this down. Let's break this down, right? I'm like, we can figure it out later. Let's just do it. Like, urgency. Yeah, let's try like, it. That's right, know. But um, she knows how I operate, so she believes in me. She believes that, you know, because she sees what I've been able to accomplish. She sees your vision. She sees my vision. Um, but, you know, she, 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 she has that intuition. She knows when things are going sideways. She knows when a coach is not at the peak performance. She goes, we need to talk to this coach. I, I have a feeling something's going on. So she sees things. She has, like, this foresight. She sees things before it happens. So because I'm able to listen to her and work closer with her, even though sometimes I might disagree, I understand, like, all she does, she does for the interest, the best interest of the business, right? And also for us as a family and making sure that we're always good, you know? Do you ever think that you married someone similar to your mom? Talk about your mother's intuition <laughs> as a young woman. And- yeah. And, and business, and yeah. I'm sure they have a lot of yeah. differences as yeah. well. Yeah. But you talked about earlier that you're, early on, yeah. before your mom left, yeah. she was very helpful to your father. Yeah. yeah, my mother, yeah, she was very helpful to my father. My mom, the, the same thing, very courageous. She's courageous, you know, with, with her. She, when I met her in Rutgers, uh, she had, uh, she was 18, and, you know, her parents, after a couple of years of dating me, when we decided to get married, her parents don't want her to marry me, right? Because they want her to marry a, you know, Caucasian or Japanese guy who was on Wall Street, right? She was going to school for accounting. So they're like, oh, yeah, no, he's, you know, she hung around a lot of, like, you know, ghetto gangster black guys, so they thought I was one of those. Mm-hmm. So they're like, yeah, you're not going to marry him. So she almost, she had to pick between me or her parents, and she chose me, mm-hmm. you know. which Ride or die. Ride or die, you know. That's why I'm... I, How are they now? They're, they're, they're good now. Mm-hmm. Um, she lost her father a year ago, um, but they got this thanks. Um, but for 10 years, they didn't, they didn't speak. 10 years, so they- That's that old culture, man. That's the old, they die hard like, yeah. like you know, culture, Japanese. Um, so she had to reach out to them and mend the bridges, you know. Now they're, you know, really, her, her mom are really close. Um, but for a while, like, she, she, she had nothing. She too was homeless, mm-hmm. you know. So we have, we they came up- They thought you were upstate. You know, so we were like, we were literally like Bonnie and Clark ride or die. Like we were just living, sleeping out of our cars, like sleeping in uh, when we got together, like we apartments, roach and rat infested apartments. Like we, we didn't buy our dream house until four years ago. Believe it or not, man, I I didn't have the skin color thing go on, but my, my in-laws didn't believe in me at first, trust me. And a little bit of that was, was me, my, you know, being overly confident at times when maybe others weren't ready for that. And, you know, my mother-in-law and I, the first time we hung out, she, she said some stuff like, I could tell my daughter loves you, but she'll never move to New Jersey. Mm. And, and I love my mother-in-law and I said, well, I never moved to fucking Long Island. (laughs) (laughs) And that's how the relationship started. So I I, I can feel, you know, what you went through because you're like, I love this girl. I really want to give her the best life. And, uh, you know, parents, and this is another nugget. I said this the other day, actually, on a clip that me and owner did. Like, 
your parents, you respect their opinion. Yeah. We wouldn't be in this world without them. Yes. But you don't have to live your life according to how they think you need to live it. 100%. And a lot of times, they're just afraid for you. They are. They just want you to win. They yeah. want you to have a nice home. They yeah. want you to not be poor. Yeah. But their decisions are thought processes that are antiquated. Yeah. And uh, it's cool to see it all come full circle for you. She seems like a really big piece of everything you're doing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, she is. And, again, it's like when I was coming on this podcast, I was like, oh, man, you know, because I haven't been on a podcast in a while. Like, I've just been just focused on grinding and stuff. And when you invited me on, I was like, babe, I'm doing this podcast. I'm like, I'm kind of nervous. She goes, what are you nervous about? Just be you, you know, yeah. speak the truth, be yourself. You know, she's like, you're going to do great. You're going to crush it. You know, she's like, I'm so happy for you and stuff. I can't wait to hear the episode. So she's always supportive, yeah, man. That's she's my like, wife, you man. know, yeah. The pressure, yeah. you put the pressure on yourself. Yeah. Is it, it like, I mean, think about how fun this has been. Like, yeah, exactly. It's so easy. Exactly. Her minds make up that fear. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So where does Easy Fitness, your family, where where's the vision 10 years from mm, now? Yeah. You know, what I'm actually one is I, the vision I see is that throughout New Jersey, wherever you go within a 15 to 20 minute drive, there's an Easy Fit. Like I want to create this cluster of just easy fits powerhouses powerhouses and it's like no matter where you are if you move to a different town oh i'm good because it's an easy fit and that's that's the vision i see and whatever look is like i see like right now it's like okay 50 gyms throughout new jersey right now right over within the next like 10 years and then we want to expand and go into different states and stuff like that but i really see an easy fit within like throughout the whole jersey shore and expanding further out in within 10 a 15 to 20 minute drive you're going to see an easy fit that's like where i see it going. I, I i think you're going to get there man appreciate you i really do i appreciate you. i can tell you have the drive yeah you got the heart for people yeah. to buy into you yeah you know you are the head of the snake you're as as important as your wife's role is as important as my wife's role is for me and my team that's helped me do all this is like we're still the face of this yes and it's not like we want to take more credit than them but yeah. like we have to be proud of ourselves and yeah. understand like who we are and where we are and and what we mean to everybody else around us yeah um so i hope you feel that i hope you feel proud thanks you know? I, I do you know and ultimately at the end is creating this franchise gives me fulfillment because i'm able to help somebody create that lifestyle they want for themselves that yeah. freedom uh you know financial freedom time freedom fulfillment yep. being a business to have fun with you know and to me that's knowing that i can help somebody do that and create a legacy for their family and that's why that's ultimately why we ended up franchising it's like hey instead of owning it all give others the opportunity mm-hmm. that where they've never had an opportunity before because maybe they can't afford one of the most expensive franchises or maybe they don't believe in themselves so if I'm able to create belief in somebody mm-hmm. and then say, here's the tools, here's how we're going to create success for you, here's how we're going to provide for your family, it's, it's powerful. You know, I had a, a friend of mine, she opened a, a Yoga 6 franchise, and I told her, I'm like, what made you open a Yoga 6? She goes, she goes, I was, she goes, I was working for this company for 15 years, and I'm at the top. And I get an email that's saying, hey, we're making cuts, and your name is on the list. 
because for the first time in 15 years, I was afraid that I'm going to lose my job. Because can't pay my bills. I can't pay my bills. I have two kids. Yeah. The ripple effect, ripple effect, negative. Exactly. So she goes, something has to change. So she automatically looked into owning a business. She didn't want to start a business, so she started looking into franchises. And that was when she came on this franchise, Yoga 6, and she bought into it. And when they started making cuts, she felt fine. She was like, I'm good because I know like, I'm going to be okay. Mm-hmm. A lot of her friends got cut, and she didn't. A year later, she just ended up quitting because she built her own business. You know, I have another friend who, after 18 years in the school industry, just lost her job. And it's like, after 18, she's like, I'm almost tenured, and now they're well, going to let her go. she didn't want to get the vaccine? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> I think she probably did. That was my wife. She probably did. I know, and that's unfortunate, because my a lot of people, it. you know. They're forced out a good person. Forced out of, you know? And it sucks. So to me, I'm like, man, if I can create something that, where people can. Freedom. Oh, freedom. And not have to rely on somebody else to dictate. Nobody's coming to save you, even in America. That's it, 100%. You you have a lot lot more insulation here as as an American citizen than you do in, say, Nigeria or the Middle East or certain areas of Ukraine, right? What's going on over there right now? Crazy. But no one's coming to save you. And, uh, you know, the best thing that I know is I wake up every day, I dictate how much money I make. Yep. Nobody else dictates nope. it. Nope. Nobody. Nope. They could try to. Yep. But nobody dictates it yep. but me. Yeah. And what goes on in my life is dictated by me and my wife and my team. Yep. And uh, you've created that control, that freedom, that flexibility for you and, and your family, and it's, it's been awesome. Yep. I'd like to ask two questions as I round out. Yeah. Uh, first one is, if you could tell any young entrepreneur or somebody who walked a similar path to you in a sentence or two, What's the one thing you would tell them to motivate or help them make that leap of faith? Never stop becoming. Never stop becoming. And what this means is that, see, people want to have. I want to have a nice house. I want to have nice cars. I want to have this lifestyle. In order to have, you need to do, Mm. right? But the thing is that people aren't doing what's required to have. Somebody wants to be more successful, they want to make a million dollars, they're not operating at that level. Mm-hmm. In order to do, you have to be. So if you want to earn six figures a, a year, you have to be the person that can do what's required to have that lifestyle, right? So the best thing you can do is just not stop, be, never stop becoming, always, always leveling up yeah, in your life, always down. growing. And if you consistently grow and you never stop, you'll be able to become the person that can do what's required to ultimately have the life you want to live. You know, and that's the biggest message is like once you understand that, like I have to become more. Can't be, won't do, won't do, can't have. It, it's, it's really, it, it sounds so stupid. It sounds so cliche. But more than ever, I know that I'm gonna make multiple seven figures. Mm-hmm. Like there's not a doubt in my mind, like truthfully, not one fucking doubt. If you asked me that shit five, six years ago, I was chasing down an end goal and I wasn't mm. gonna stop. I was believing, mm-hmm. I was doing the work, I was putting in, you know, Deion Sanders said it recently, you ain't got no trophy, you ain't the MVP, you ain't got the fucking commercial on ESPN yet, 
keep showing up and making plays, bro. Yeah. Keep showing up and making yep. plays. And as a young business owner, like, somewhat, somehow, wrap your head around, like, you are no different than me, Jamon, mm-hmm. Mark Cuban, mm-hmm. fucking Keaton Hoskins, or anybody out there that you look up to. You are no, no different. different. You are no, we walk the same path, yep. similar paths, parallel paths, whatever yep. it may be. You're a regular American. You live in a great country. You have amazing opportunity. That's. Um, another thing I like to ask is, you know, Ocean, Monmouth County, Jersey, you know, give me two or three people you want to give a shout out. That's another business owner, gym owner, whatever it may be. Obviously, you love your own gyms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, I like to give a shout out to, uh, first, is, uh, James Blackburn. He's a former gym owner. Uh, he's one of the people, when I started working in the gym space, um, he's in, from England, and he was in this country, you know, by himself, and he was able to build success for himself. So he's somebody like I looked up to until now. We're still really good friends. He opened his gym, but COVID, because of COVID, he ended up closing down. So, And uh, he's somebody who's always hungry. He's always looking for more. He's always, you know, wanting to become, wow. you know, better. So James, you know, I always, you know, I, I want to give a shout-out to and uh, second person I want to get, I got to give a shout out to my wife. I know we talked about her, um, but it's because of her I am who I am. You know what I'm saying? I am where I am. And I can never take what she does for granted. Like, we have three kids. It's a lot. I, I don't man. know shit about their schedule, bro. Like, I was like, you know, she does stuff she does. She's, she's literally. And she's cooking and, and cleaning. And she's cooking and cleaning and she's doing all kids' activity, games. All this. She just tells me where to show up. Hey. Kai got a, a baseball game. Show up at this time. I'm like, okay, I'm there. What's your three like, kids' names, by the way? Kai is the firstborn. Um, he's going to be nine in June. Um, Aya is the second. She just turned six. And Umi is the baby. She just turned four. Wow, what unique names, man. Thanks, yeah. Oh, cool. You know what's crazy? It's like we have such a long la- a long last name, Izionwuka. So I was like, you know, it gets butchered in school names, right? When I came to this country, my Nigerian name is Osaluchi. So my mom messed up and put that on all the school applications, right? And I'm putting Jamad, my first name. She mm-hmm. loves my Nigerian name. So when I go to, when I'm in class, the teacher, when they see my name, Osaluchi, it's like, you can't say that. Yeah. So it's like, they can't even say my first name or my last name. I'm gonna make the first name. I'm gonna make the first name so simple, three letters. Like, you can't mess it up. At least I know they can't say the last name, but the first name is so easy and simple. So that's what it is, you know? That's real talk, though. You're like, I remember that torture. Yeah, I remember that. I'm like, you guys are not going through that. Like, you just simple first name. You Quick know, fun beautiful. fact it's my personal life a little yeah. bit. A few weeks ago, I was tired. We, we do the firesides Thursday ma- mainly, and my wife and I are blessed to have this, this young girl, Devin, have a stand-in babysitter on every Friday. I think nice. it's important to have date night. Nice. And uh, I was exhausted. I'm like, hell, I don't, I don't want to go. Out yeah. She goes, no problem. Me and Dom, you're going. Another friend of mine, Trevor, his fiance. We're going to go out. You're going to leave the kids. Baby's crying. She won't go down. <laughs> my son doesn't want to go. I'm like... Fuck this, you know? <laughs> and, it's, and it's my kids, and I love them to death. Yeah. And, and obviously, you know, comes down to it, I would take care of them. Yeah. But like, man, the job that they have and they take on every single day, yeah. on top of being our supportive mechanism, yeah, it's uh, it's amazing. And earlier, owner said, like, Ryan, why do you, why do you tell people to get married? Because that's when my life skyrocketed. Yeah, you see, truthfully, dude, it's true, so true. true. And you know, I chasing women is a distraction. It's a distraction, and there's something about. A man that commits. See, when you are Others married, see that. it shows a commitment. People see that. And a lot of successful people, 
you can see is that commitment that they have to a wife, mm -hmm. to their family. People love that, and people see that and say, if he can commit to somebody, yeah. and that's like literally even relationships um, in gyms, right? A lot of gym owners that I've worked with and mentored, and I look at, and the struggle they're going through is because they're they're single, they're chasing women, they have like girlfriends. I'm like, listen, trainers got a lot of problems with that. They got a lot of problems. <laughs> I'm like, don't you think your clients, if you can't show commitment to somebody, how do the clients trust you to commit? to their results and their transformation. It's so simple, but subconsciously people look at that. It's and they such respect a distraction, you more, dude. You know? And it's, it's a, a distraction. It's a distraction. You can't get work done. Like you're always focusing on that. But at least you have now somebody who levels you out and helps yep. you and empowers you and inspires you and pushes you and motivates you when you feel like giving up and telling you, hey, you got this, right? Yep. And believes in you when you're like, oh my God, I don't know if this yeah. is going to work. You don't believe in you yourself. Yeah. You don't believe in yourself. Moments get stressful when you're yeah. doing these next leaps of faith. Yeah. And it's always happened. Level, levels, and there's levels to this shit, right? You levels to this shit. <laughs> Dude, Jamon, this has been awesome. Yes, sir. Your story is great. We can go deeper. We'll have you back again. Yes, sir. I love Cheers. To. So that's a wrap. If you enjoyed the podcast, you want to learn more about me and my network, check out the links below.